87% of families, something like that, of kids of uh, uh, who have two kids and two parents are going to be getting over $5,000 yep. in, in the mail. Whoa. Yep. Room, which has now just become a British tabloid, where we're gonna talk shit about Meghan Markle the whole time. So hold on to your butts, or something like that. Oh, I'm not gonna stop. I'm going to talk in this accent the whole night. It's gonna go between a New Zealand and Cockney meets um. All of the Monty Python characters. <laughs> okay, it's done. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Well, let's do that over. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bituation Room podcast. I've got Meghan Markle and Prince Harry on the brain. And uh, I've never wanted to watch something I don't give a shit about so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you guys here. We've got such a good show for you once again. Um, we're not going to talk about the Royals, but you know, at some point, no, uh, we're gonna, <laughs> we're talking about the stimulus bill. Also just as salacious, also very sexy and, uh, just like just a crazy soap opera. All right. Bernie Sanders, the Meghan Markle of the Senate. Okay. Let's don't get that twisted. Um, we are going to be joined by Emma Vigland of The Majority Report. So excited to have her on. And, of course, my good friend Nato Green is back. Uh, we are also going to be talking about, you know, which new cartoon character or which old cartoon characters from, like, you know, circa when television was invented. Uh, will the right decide is their new martyr and want to bring back and, you know, make as a solid point of their platform come 2024 other than dr seuss and mr potato head uh, we're gonna be doing that so make sure you guys have your answers too um and once again this show is free it's commercial free if you don't watch on youtube or twitch or look sometimes it it's a commercial free podcast and that is why we have a patreon uh patreon.com slash bituation room thank you so much for anyone and everyone who's given a buck a month that's all, that's all I need. A dollar, a dollar, five, 20. Uh, hey, if you can, that's so great. That helps us out and everyone who works on this show. Um, also, it helps me communicate with you. If there's any bonus episodes, you get first access to those. Um, if we're doing a, an AMA tomorrow on Monday for people who have given $20 and above. So if you're a patron at $20, send me your questions. And if you have tipped $20 or more, send me a question. I'll answer it on the live tomorrow. Um, also, merch is coming. If you're a patron, the merch is coming. I promise. I don't know when or what it's going to be. Um, I'm thinking about like a whole underwear line, you know, with just like the Bituation Room printed right on the ass. Um, if you're lucky. Just lots of lace right by the butthole area. Okay. It's already weird. And I like it. Okay, and and just to thank all the patrons who've joined in this week. It's been a good week. Hey, Mama had a good week. Maybe that's because NATO and I talked to Naomi Klein, and it was good. And you guys are awesome. So this is 
our thank you portion of the show. Wait, 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 wait. No. Start. Wait. Whoa. Okay. Thank you to Tony G, DeWeer, Henry L, John and Ari, Jeff S, John D, Joshua E, Ian F, Jeremiah M, Jason B, Vern V, and Lars. And a special shout out to Max Eulenbeck and Helen Morgan, good friends. One of them is my ex. Also, thank you to Big Tippers, Socorro C, Randy L, and you can tip this show at TBR-Live on Venmo, TBR-Live on Cash App. And thank you to all the people on Twitch who are Tier 1, you're wonderful, give me those emotes in the emote area, I think that's what it's called. Um, oh shoot, I'm done with the song. Okay, let's just dance it out guys, everybody dance it out. Thank you. Um, and once again... Even if you want a tip, that's lovely. I appreciate it. But I encourage you to go to Patreon. It really helps me communicate with you. And uh, again, just uh, more direct communication. And that's what we're here to do. So I see all these comments. Thank you. Keep them coming. And without further ado, uh, I'm going to, I'm like, I've got a bitch about something. Okay, here's what I'm going to bitch about. Let's do it real quick. Real quick, bitch. Let me know if I'm crazy. Let me know if I'm not. Um. Dining out is overrated. All right. It's been about a year, a year of quarantine. And I recently took a local trip out of LA. And I think that that's when I sort of in my brain, I'm like, well, there's no germ when you're away from home. You know, like the virus isn't out of your neighborhood, you know, in your brain, you just sort of justify that. Also, you're on a vacation. So you're like, let's let me go out. So I did do some outdoor dining. I've uh, tried to be very careful, always at the N95, lots of hand sanny. And, you know, there's nothing worse than risking your life for um, a mediocre veggie burger. Just not necessary. And let me just say, with an Instant Pot, with with endless amounts of recipes available online, just cook. It's easy. Just cook at home. I've, I've been getting into it way more. And take, look, takeout. I'm not mad at takeout. But there's just nothing sadder than, than, than maybe dying for, you know, soggy, untoasted veggie bun, burger buns. And that's what I'm bitching about. That I think we should support local restaurants. I think, going to be honest with you, every single restaurant, two good items. That's it. I've worked in restaurants. Everybody knows. Two good items. Like, I mean, top of the, this is why I'm here items, dos. You know what I'm saying? Controversial opinion. I think it's great. I think, but, but look, restaurants waste a fuck ton of food. We know that we are healthier and we save more money and we save our bodies and we save the earth if we eat at home, if we cook. I'm all on that Michael Pollan shit. So I'm just going to say dining in or out, especially during a pandemic, overrated. I'm bitching about that. Also, the royal family is racist. Okay, and with that, I'm gonna bring in my uh, my oft co-host, uh, oft as in I killed him. Um, he's a comedian and labor organizer who just yesterday turned one year older. Yay! Uh, you can watch his series "Laughter Against the Machine" on Means TV. His comedy albums, "The Whiteness Album" and "The NATO Green Party," are available on Bandcamp and everywhere you get your albums. Please welcome NATO Green. Hey, everybody. Cheers. L'chaim. So thank you, Francesca and producer Becca, for sending me absinthe. Like, I was in my pajamas 
and on my birthday at home alone, and a man turned up at my door and handed me a bottle of absinthe and walked away with a note that said, love, Francesca and Becca. So thanks. Now I've got absinthe drinks. We're in business. Oh, I want half of that bottle. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Come over for cocktails uh, 11 times. So, uh, yeah, it's good. That's, Nato, that's what happens when you're when you're a man of my age. Is everyone gets you like alcohol related presents for your birthday? I got like at least four. it's not a cigar or like a shawl. Like just like here you go, Grandpa. Stay yeah. warm. You know, when people sure. start getting you things to stay warm, you know you're old. Like that's when you're like, oh God, I am one one leg in the casket. Right. Pull the plug. <laughs> just stay warm. <laughs> NATO Green, uh, there's so much has happened this week. Uh, it feels like it's been forever since do I've I, seen you. Do I get to say what I'm bitching about? That, so I'm about to ask okay. you, yeah. what are you bitching about, friend? Well, Francesca, I'll tell you. So the continuing adventures of NATO Green. Um, hmm. If people listened uh, to our chat with Naomi Klein, I was then I was bitching about fighting with people on the internet. Right. And this week I'm bitching about not fighting with people on the internet um, because look, you know, I'm, I'm on the internet. I'm, and I, I say some things and occasionally people come at me and, and I like, i sometimes I fight with them. Sometimes they're Nazis and I don't fight with them because then they're going to start researching me and figure out where my children go to school and then we're going to get killed. So I don't do that <laughs> when it's Nazis, but other people sometimes I'll engage. So this week I have a new article out uh, in the website Hyperallergic, it's an arts website, uh, and the and the article is called "How the Contradictions of Socialism Make Cuban Art Great." Uh, it it gets perilously close to actual journalism for your friend Nato Green, where I interviewed people, Cuban Whoa. Cuban artists in Cuba, wrote about it, had some jokes, had some ideas, you know. Uh, and my wife is an anthrop- anthropologist, and. Uh, like in the world of comedy and in the world of union organizing, I have mm-hmm. like a people act like I'm some, you know, like elbow patch intellectual type, but around yes. actual intellectuals, I am the most like dumb, like blue collar, like shit talker and not real intellectual person. So my wife posted my article to a closed Facebook group of anthropologists who specialize in Cuba. And then they spent three days talking shit about me. Oh and my God. N- never have I been more upset that I couldn't fight with people on the internet. Like I'm so like a mad, it's a closed Facebook group and it's just, and I'm so I'm following the comments on her page and she's not getting into it, but it's, it's just like a bunch of academic whoa, 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 snobs. Whoa, 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 whoa. She won't defend your honor. Uh, she, yeah, that's, she, that's could, not because partnership. Okay. Well, that's why you get a partner so they can defend you on Twitter. Ask Matt Lieb. Yeah, right. Uh, if Matt Lieb wants to defend my honor on Twitter, I'll give him the names. <laughs> so, uh, but it's all you know. It's like it, there and there and the way that people are talking shit about me are. It's not anything of substance. It's just like a lot of like. Well, clearly this person doesn't have a PhD, so why does he? Why does he get to have opinions? Blah, 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 blah. And, oh yeah, they have to and, justify their degree, of course. Yeah, it's it's credentialism. It's just academic snobbery. And like I know, like I like I'm I don't have a graduate degree. I only have a bachelor's degree, but I know enough academics that I know how to really get under their skin, and I love it. It's the same way that like with parents, like when I had little kid, when my kids were born, and people were like, "Oh, you have girls." 
wait wait till they're teenagers you're in for it and then i and then i would say oh i'm not worried about having teenage girls because uh i'm a good parent and then i would watch people go like blind with rage for 10 seconds until they realized i was bullshitting and the people who <laughs> laughed in my face immediately are the ones who became lifelong friends and that's how nice. i feel about academics too is like i just love like needling academics and getting under their skin and, and being like oh uh, how many people read your fucking dissertation dickhead like <laughs> your irrelevant esoteric bullshit you know um what floor of the yeah, yeah. of the indiana library i don't know <laughs> right Indiana State University is that a university? I'm assuming. Yeah, it is. This is how much I know about higher ed. Yeah. You know, ooh, mm. Mm. yeah, uh, and, ooh, the and one because, library because of my union work, uh, I deal with higher ed a lot, and everyone is so into like the culture of academic discourse and debate, and then I show up and I'm like, you all know that this is all bullshit. Anyway, give us a raise. You know what I mean? So um, I just like. I, I feel can you, so there's nothing you can do. Yeah, there's nothing I can do. And I have like I have internet flame war blue balls right now. Like I want to fight with strangers <laughs> on the internet and I can't and I feel deprived and I'm sad about it. And no, your wife thing. needs to go to bat. She needs it's not dumb. She needs to go to bat for you. She put she exposed you and put the article out there, which is very good, by the way. And we will link to it in this description. Thank you. Thank you. Um it's super nuanced. I was like, oh my God, a nuanced take from Nato Green. Yeah. Uh, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but I want to bring in before we get a little too far down this rabbit hole, because uh, you know, we can talk about Nato online all day long. Um, our next and, guest. And I, di I didn't say anything about the article, which is about Cuba and art. So take a look at that. Please. Well, you did say that. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Just drink your absinthe and shut the fuck up. Okay. All right. Sorry, ma'am. All right, I'm so happy to have our next guest for the whole show, for the whole GD Kitten Kaboo D. Um, she's the host, the co-host of the Majority Report with Sam Cedar, streaming daily on YouTube at 12 Eastern and the Peacock app on the Choice Channel at 5 p.m. Eastern. Please welcome Emma Vigland. Oh, hello! Welcome what to my uh, studio apartment. How you doing? Dude, that looks amazing. I is that where the boiler is in that door behind you, or what is that? The coal? Yeah, that's uh, where I shovel coal. That's you shovel where coal. The machinery is. Yeah. Um, obviously, I I have. Uh, we're in New York City, and so it's still uh, not an alternating current system. What was the one that Edison came up with? A direct. It's a DC system, right? We're still we're still behind the times here in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> how are you guys uh, we're you know not watching Meghan markle and oprah so we're you know a solid six why yeah. are you erasing the white man in this story well is tesla Meghan not Ma a white man oh 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 sorry prince i harry? thought i was going back to yes prince harry is included but i i thought i didn't care about that story until now everyone i know and their mother is talking about it on the internet it's true it, I think it's a giant grift to stay relevant. This is all incepted. They knew they they planned it all out. They chose Megan as a wife. They knew that they were going to move back. They were going to move to the states. Anyway, very, very Scientology choosing wives. Oh Talk yeah, she's. A, they're all Thetans. Lots of engrams, or I don't know whatever they're called. You know, alien I, demons. I believe I her. I believe her, and I just think she's like more savvy than any of the 
wives or spouses to have entered. She knows the media. And so hey. and 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 NATO, look, I I obliged and I got myself a drink, as Sweet. you said. Yeah. I mean, I don't have absinthe because yeah. you know it's not it's not your birthday. 18th century <laughs> you know, clubs, but or clubs. You're not a 40 you know, man. Yeah, I you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't want to, you know, wake up dead tomorrow. So I went with a <laughs> glass of red wine. But this is a uh, large glass. Yeah, I do. Emma Viglin, what are you bitching about today before we get into the week's news? Can it be week's news related? Because I didn't think you were going to go with a restaurant thing. One, I would say if you're dining indoors, what is wrong with you? <laughs> it oh, can it be, be week's jerk. news related for sure. I have friends that, that like willingly dine indoors and one of them has had COVID and one of them has the vaccine. But I just I don't understand the impulse especially where you guys are in LA, where it's very easy to dine outdoors. I've dined outdoors in 20 degree weather. I did it like two or three times. One was 20 degrees outside. And then the one time I did it was 34 degrees. And it was one so I could see my cousin for the first time in a year. And then the, and she's vaccinated because she's a healthcare worker. And the other time was just seeing my friend who works from home the entire time. And, but like, it's it was a snowstorm the next day, and like I see people and in, in, in different southern parts of the country who actually want to dine indoors. Please, you guys can do the whole kit and caboodle outdoors. Yes, it's it's not that hard. Also, um, in the in the winter, like I just want to say, we all know that you're just like gushing flu. Like your nose is constant. My nose constantly runs in cold weather. You're always just like, <laughs> and indoors, you just don't need it. You don't need all that. No, nope, you know, nope. and the air is together. and the air is so dry. I mean, I learned this from my co-host on the Majority Report, Sam, who um, would admit that he's very COVID conscious in a, in a beautifully neurotic way. Um, that is, is that your way of saying that Sam is a Jew? Uh, I, I, that's how he would characterize yeah. himself. <laughs> uh, I'm not allowed to say that, Nato. Yeah. So um, I'm, al- I'm allowed to say that. There. Well, um, yes, but uh, I digress <laughs> because, now, you know, now my obviously my Palestine commentary is going to be taken up to the nth degree uh, in terms of people. <laughs> um, but but uh, he says that the reason that it actually transmits more frequently in the winter is not just because people are inside, which I didn't even realize the moisture in the air in terms of humidity, the particles that allows COVID to um, drop to the ground more quickly, the, the, the virus in the summertime when there's more moisture in the air, but in the winter when it's drier, it allows to linger because it's, it's, it, it doesn't glom on to the water yeah, particles yeah, yeah. in the air, if that makes sense. So, totally. um, anyway, uh, New York's a hellhole. <laughs> yeah. Your cases are going up. We're going to, we're going to be talking a little bit about COVID soon, but Oh, what am I bitching about? Right. Sorry. Yes. Oh, I'm bitching about Kirsten Cinema. Why waste a funky hairdo and a unique sense of style on somebody who is likely a sociopath? I mean, I get that that's a whole part of her shtick. So, like, she saw, okay, McCain, war hero, maverick that sometimes voted against Republican orthodoxy, but for the most part didn't. So how do I one up that from my democratic side? Oh, I'm going to vote against a living wage for people. Uh, and also I'm going to wear purple hair at some points and funky clothes and shirts with slogans that are 
that make me stand out in the sea of white men, but actually I'm just upholding everything that's horrible in our government, mm-hmm. can't stand her. And I actually cannot genuinely comprehend how um, how little empathy she has for other people and how like no. it really is a, a Disney villain kind of um, get up because she's doing yes. horrible things, but it's colorful and she thinks she can get away with it and then she's going to get mavericked and labeled as such. It's ridiculous. Yeah, she's uh, I've never seen someone like who has yet to find out what their midlife crisis is going to be <laughs> you know like just pick one babe because yeah. uh you know it's and i'm watching Shit's creek so good of course i'm a little bit late to it and she my reminds said, me of moira like she calls so me and goes goes it's the greatest sh- it's the funniest show i maybe have ever seen ever <laughs> i was like damn okay <laughs> gotta get into it is moira the mother the mother oh god yeah kirsten cinema you guys don't watch nato do you watch no. I've watched enough that I and my whole family watches it, so it's, I hear a lot of Shit's Creek chat at my yes. house. Well, Catherine O'Hara is just so over the top, and like it is very Kirsten Cinema. Although I like, they're not the same person at all. Catherine O'Hara, queen, like goddess, revelation. You know, Kirsten Cinema again. I don't know. Like, I'm 50 and I shop at Hot Topic for some reason. Um, and look, we're not going to just talk about her looks. We're going to talk about her shitty policies. We'll get into that later. Um, we will pick up this cinema thread very soon. Ah. Um, but can I get into the week, y'all? Can we do this th- damn thing? All right. Yeah. Let's okay, do so it. In let's the words of whoever that bachelorette was. Oh, Becca. Let's do the damn thing. No one else watches that stupid show. That was her tagline for a season. Let's and do the damn it, thing. She said it 40 times. She seems like a nice person, <laughs> but that was a terrible tagline. I, I was showing my age by trying to say, let's do it like Tone Loke. See, I don't get that at all. <laughs> Kids, once upon a time, there was a rapper called Tone Loke, and he had two songs. <laughs> and I feel like and, I have one of those songs somewhere. Yeah. And his tagline was, let's do it like Tone Loke? No, just let's do it. Let's do it. You mean Montel Jordan? This is how we do it. No, come on. He had Funky Cold Medina and Wild Thing. Okay. Those I just wanted to songs. sing that. Yeah. All right. This Carry is the, the week where. This was the week where multiple states like Alabama, Mississippi, and Texas dropped mask mandates because as anyone familiar with skydiving knows, once you're at 500 feet, parachutes are mostly just an accessory, bro. You just... Again, um, Dr. Fauci says we are due for another spike. And God damn it, I feel like that guy's all over the place. You know, which is it? Which is it? I don't understand line graphs. Um, Texas Governor Greg Abbott also announced that businesses will be allowed to reopen at a hundred percent capacity, meaning that all COVID variants are now allowed inside. Um, and that. <laughs> <laughs> that is very important for Houston uh, because Houston has every variant of COVID. It's like shooting the moon of the pandemic. I'm pretty sure once it has all of them, I, I don't know. We all get docked. I don't, we get we get 100 points. I'm not sure how it works. Um, 
it is, as Greg Abbott said, uh, personal responsibility. I'd call it social Darwinism. Uh, and mind you, this is just weeks after a massive snowstorm wiped out the entire electrical grid and FEMA had to swoop in with all this money to help Texas. Like, I've never been to an Al-Anon meeting, but I know when someone's enabling someone else. Like, why are we continuing to enable? Like, are we just enabling Texas to kill their own people right now? Um. Twats, thoughts and prayers, guys. I'm pretty excited about the vaccine rollout. Now we have three vaccines in circulation in the United States: the Pfizer, the Moderna, and the Johnson and Johnson. The Pfizer and the Moderna are one shot. Johnson or two shots. Johnson and Johnson is one shot. I think they're misnamed. It should be the Johnson and the Pfizer and Pfizer. Um, <laughs> so bad. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> I'm starting early with dad jokes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know there's a there's a like what i'm in the thick of uh emma you don't know this i have seven uh seventh grade twins who are my children oh man uh, no and, they're just they're not just twins that happened along yeah. now uh mm-hmm. yeah and so there's like i'm in the thick throes of the debate about schools reopening and like you know people are very up in arms about the schools need to reopen immediately whatever and uh let me just give you a sense of you know i'm not that concerned about it like people are like no we really need schools reopen because children are suffering and it's like yes but also like my kids are home all the time and i'm tired of them asking me where the thing is that's right in front of them and so the um and just like my kids my kids are doing fine like they're like one of my kids is non-binary they're super into like learning about queer history and culture so we decided that this was a a good time for them to like just for us to do a deep dive as a family on the history of the aids crisis stonewall bathhouses hanky codes and cruising and at one point they my kid cut us off and we're like may, may i remind you that i'm 12 and um in the entire discussion the thing that they objected to the most was uh, when we were ta- telling them about the Stonewall Inn and the Stonewall riots that launched the modern gay rights movement, they were concerned that I was uh, uh, assuming uh, that the mafia who owned the Stonewall Inn were homophobic. They said, aren't you stereotyping to assume in 196 New York were homophobic? You don't know that. And look, uh, That's, by the way, can't... I think one of the only businesses I donated to directly at the start of the pandemic because the Stonewall Hell Inn yeah. was like, I'm going to go out. It's like, that's my favorite gay bar. That's my favorite gay bar. I'm not letting that go. I mean, it's the gay bar in my view. Yeah, yeah. Continue. Just make it bigger. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, it's like, that's, that's, that's what my kids are getting. They're, they're, they don't have school, but they're, they're getting, you know, you don't, you can't get, get that. You can don't learn about hanky codes in third grade, third period social studies. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know what they're doing literally right now is my kid decided they wanted to read Shakespeare. So they, they're read, they read, and now they are watching much ado about nothing. So, you know, they're fine. That is that is that is honestly about what we did in fifth grade is yeah. like watch Kenneth Branagh in everything and be like, who finds this guy attractive? Uh-huh. I know I'm 12, but this man is repulsive. Um, I do want to say a little more news. President Biden, in terms of the school, said teachers will have gotten at least the first dose of a vaccine by the end of March, um, which puts every anti-vax PT mom in a bit of a pickle. Right support a vaccine and get back to brunch and Pilates in the middle of the day or keep believing my Facebook groups about NATO greens, bad Cuba take. 
uh-huh. and staying home with my unremarkable children. <laughs> um, I do want to say, speaking of raising kids and children in this time, um, in Idaho, hundreds of Antima or anti-maskers got their kids to burn masks outside of the state capitol. Take a look. I love childlike cries of destroy them. You know, it just really brings you back. It makes you Speak- want to have kids. It brings you back specifically to the Salem witch trials, Emma. Like, <laughs> like just well, I am a vampire, thought- so I did remember that time. <laughs> I like that. Um, I, I just, I really love watching mass child hysteria back. You know, I feel like it was time. The plagues are back. It's time to have Salem witch trials back. Mass child hysteria, like, my daddy says you're the devil, Anthony Fauci, and he has truck nuts. You know, like, that energy of of disbelief and, uh, you know, bad parenting. It's been a while since there's been a new Harry Potter book. Nothing for Honestly. kids to freak out about. Okay, moving on to, the, to our next topic. This is a bigger one. It encompasses a lot of things that have been going on in the last couple of weeks, but I feel like we need to talk about it. But this was very much the week where we realized that the American empire is like super hard to quit cold turkey, just mm, harder than vaping. Uh, There's been a lot of mixed messages from the Biden administration when it comes to foreign policy, leaving us to wonder whether the next four years will be status quo G.I. Joe. Uh, Signs that point to yes, it will be status quo, not enacting any consequences on the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, uh, even though we know that he personally ordered the killing and dismemberment of U.S.-based journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Um, Biden apparently had a whole phone call with NBS and uh, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, the prince of Saudi Arabia, and like n- it didn't come up or we didn't he didn't talk about it. Come and on, just, man. Why'd you do the, the thing? Yeah. With, with Khashoggi. Yeah, man. it's just so it's. <laughs> That's just malarkey right there. That is malarkey. But I feel like it was that more cool, man. It was a little bit of like probably went down like the curb your enthusiasm. Larry David stares down um, someone who he's suspicious of. Just for a reminder, it's like this. Did you do it? Did you really do it? You sure you didn't do it? <laughs> like he gave him a stern staring at, guys. Yeah. Okay, fine. The Wokaida Brigade is coming to cancel dismembering now. <laughs> Come on, guys. Friends have to respect each other's di- differences. And Francesca, you're a vegetarian. I'm not. We agree to disagree. You want to dismember journalists, and we just let the CIA hound them until they commit suicide. R.I.P. Gary Webb. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I w- I'm shocked that the right wing hasn't tried to put the murder of Jamal Khashoggi under the umbrella of free speech because that's everything these days. That's uh, the right for Josh Hawley to get his book published by a primary publisher. Um, right. That's the right for uh, right wingers not to be criticized. And Maybe it was always the right to murder too. It's a it's a very expansive right that First Amendment. That's why it's first. 
But, right, okay. uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's like, well, just quickly. Um, yeah, yeah. That, so the Trump administration had that intel that whole time about mm-hmm. MBS murdering Jamal Khashoggi. We all knew this. The media was up in arms and immensely critical of Trump, rightly so, for not acting on that and in fact embracing MBS and the Saudi Arabian government to a degree that we haven't really seen based on not that we haven't seen, but even more brazenly so, based on also business relationships between the Trump administration and Saudi Arabia. To the podcast <laughs> listeners, if you don't know, MBS stands for Mirritable Bowel Syndrome. Yes, obviously. Uh, and then also Mohammed bin Salman, people forget. So, so, potato, potato. <laughs> so now this information is brought to light and the, the Biden administration thinks, oh, as if we release this report to the media, that's going to take the heat off of us for uh, us to do anything at all. Right. And it kind of worked. And so that was for me the first real, okay, this is what, when the Trump people, you know, they're unhinged in so many ways, but why mm-hmm. the kernel of truth that starts every conspiracy theory is, is that the media hates Trump and they're biased against him. They are giving Biden a free pass on this to a large degree. And I know Dana Bash has um, talked to Jen Psaki about this, but they were so outraged, rightly so, about the allowance of this murder Mm -hmm. and the enabling by the Trump administration. And we've not seen a proportionate response from the media on Biden basically taking the same substantive action by not holding them accountable in any way. Or Absolutely. him accountable. They're, it's like they're going to sanction sections of Saudi Arabia, but not sanction the murderer personally. Cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're stopping some arms trades. They're stopping, I think, you know, obviously the the working with Saudi Arabia in Yemen when it comes to that awful war, um, which is good. These are steps in the right direction, but absolutely. It's like, okay, you just, you just verified shit. We already, you could easily just not do that. Like transparency is not always better. Look, look, sometimes it's not always better, especially if you're going to sit on it and not do anything concrete about it. Well, and also this war on Yemen thing, they're stopping selling arms specifically for the usage of genocide in the war on Yemen, basically, mm-hmm. and in that war. But they're still allowing arms sales for the defense of Saudi Arabia's border. Where is that border that they're talking about the defense of with Yemen? So we are still funding the war in Yemen. And the, the language is very precise in that way. So in yeah. terms of foreign policy, I would just say this off the bat. Biden's already behaving like a moderate Republican, uh, as we expected. But wait, there's more. Um, this was also from this week. Secretary of State spokesperson Ned Price said Palestinians didn't qualify as a sovereign state and therefore weren't able to bring complaints before the International Criminal Court. And then was asked by a reporter very insistently, well, where should they go if they're not allowed to go to the International Criminal Court when they have a legitimate grievance? Listen. Where should the Palestinians go to get accountability for what they claim to be uh, problems? To Israeli courts? Where, where, where do they go? Matt, look, we, uh, of course, um, the United States is always going to stand up for uh, human rights. Uh, we're always going to stand up. Where do they um, go? Where do uh, they go? Matt, that is why I think you have, that is why you have heard us 
continue yeah. to endorse and to yeah. call for a two-state solution to this long-running conflict. Uh, a two-state solution Israeli because force? it protects Israel's identity as a Jewish and democratic state, but also uh, because uh, it will give the Palestinians go? a viable state of their own Where and fulfill their legitimate uh, uh, aspirations for Where dignity and self-determination. Where do they go? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Do you know the reporter asking that question? He's. I think he's like AP or Reuters, not Reuters, but like, Correct me if I'm wrong, but he's not from a like small outlet. He's not from like a BuzzFeed or I don't know, and places where I get my news on like Palestine, which is like electronic intifada. Not an Al Jazeera reporter. Not an Al Jazeera. No, not an Al Jazeera reporter. Like he's just legitimately asking because that's how much the fucking discussion on Israel Palestine has changed warranted in the wake of so much so much evidence that israel is a bad faith actor of course uh occupying palestinian land but like so funny and god have we ever seen a man with a more ned face than that ned that's unrelated it's a real ned but it's a real ned yeah solid ned um (laughs) by the way the united nations recognizes palestine as an independent state so like, that's the whole point there. You can only talk over the reporter asking that question because there is no legitimate basis for the answer. It's just the way the United States has to posture itself. And and what right-wing presidents like Trump understand is that you can continue to push the envelope and whatever Democrat gets into office, they're not going to change anything, which is why mm-hmm. the Biden administration isn't going to remove the embassy from Jerusalem. Because as long as you just continue to move the goalposts, the Democrats are just going to sit on the 50-yard line and not do anything, not try to score, not try to change anything. That's my sports metaphor for the uh, Could you translate that into a non-sports metaphor for me and Francesca, please? <laughs> um, no. Like, a, is there a cooking so metaphor that would 50s be? 50s in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, It's like... Right. Putting oil in the pan, but not turning on the burner. How, what is in what way is that like or not like make, making a burrito? <laughs> um, <laughs> I would never have endeavored to make a burrito because that's too much wrapping. I like to stick oh. to to dishes with a meat, mm-hmm. a starch, and a veggie. Makes yeah. me feel uh-huh. a lot safer, you know, Agreed. in, in this scary world. Obviously. Top to bottom, not wrapped up. You guys, we got to burn through this. We were going to talk about Venezuela, but I'm, I'm sorry. I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll shush my mouth for a second. Should we Should we skip Venezuela and talk about the stimulus? I feel like we need sure. to do that because we only That's have fine. half an hour left. And man, but I had some yo guys. I had some great Venezuela jokes. I just want to say I had a really good Venezuela. Um, but another time, um, NATO NATO wants to talk about Guaido. <laughs> That's fine. Um, yes, thank you, uh, Becca. The producer says the reporter was uh, Matt Lee, or at least Israel Israelant on Twitch said the reporter was Matt Lee from APC. I knew it. Um, anywho, is, is that your boyfriend, Matt Lee? No, did I say Matt Lee? Matt Lee, Matt Lee, oh. not Matt Lee. Um, th- the one thing I will say about foreign policy um, is that there's some small signs, and maybe Emma, you're right that it's more moderate Republican stuff, like. Uh, maybe McCain or Romney-esque, but Biden's going to finally review the U.S. drone uh, strike pro- policy. Like he's actually going to do a serious review of that, that yeah. Obama didn't do. Uh, Trump only ramped up the drones. 
Um, and he's going to revisit the authorization for use of military force, which was enacted after 9-11, but basically gives the executive branch like way too much power uh, or unilateral power in deciding when we go to war, when we bomb someone. That's on the heels of the U.S. strikes on Syria, Biden striking Syria recently or Iranian backed forces in Syria. Um which he's also trying to negotiate the Iran nuclear deal, which is just like, I just feel like this is like, you can't just nag your way into a deal again. You know, you can't use pickup artist tactics to solve international conflict. Um, well, I mean, I might be wrong on that though. The, there's so much though that Biden does by saying, I'm going to hire a committee to look into this and then hope the news cycle goes away. He's doing this right now with, student debt. I'm going to hire some sort of, or I'm going to enlist the help of this committee and the experts will determine whether or not when we know he has the authority to cancel as many, as much student debt as he wants to with the stroke of a pen. But with the AUMF, I hope that he follows through in this instance because soldiers like Barbara Lee, not actual soldiers, but congressional ones, um, metaphorically, oh, yeah. has have been on the line since 2001 to repeal the AUMF and this has allowed for the, the executive branch to have unlimited discretion when it comes to our endless war. So let's hope if he actually leads the um, the, the Democratic Party in the House and the Senate to, to repeal this, the AUMF, that could have a lasting impact, especially if presidents to come are Republicans, then you can't trust them in many ways. That's how Democrats would think of it. That's um, mm -hmm. that's the logic. Jeff Fuel can't melt Barbara Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Barbara Lee was an inside job. I, I would hope she was an inside job. Then our government would be, if the deep state wanted Barbara Lee in power, we would be actually a much healthier country than I think we are. Honestly, dude. Um, all right, guys, we got to move on to the biggest story of the week, which is our sitch. We were going to talk about squids and Venezuela, which, again, tomato, tomato. Not squids. We were going to talk about cuttlefish. <laughs> we're First of all, they're like, they shouldn't be called fish. They're actually squids or octopi. Octopuses. It's wrong to call a cuttlefish a fish. It's a squid. Fight me. Uh Guys, the biggest news is that this weekend, the Senate passed a stimulus bill. And this is huge. And I'm just going to quickly let we'll, we'll take it in chunks, but specifically what it did and how it happened and what got left out. Um, it includes a lot of good stuff, a lot of stuff that could be better. But basically, $1,400 direct payments for anyone making under 75 grand a year, plus $1,400 for each of those people's kids or dependents. Uh, not the 600 like under Trump, 1400 Then there's an additional child tax credit. Um, Americans will get $300 per child for those under age five and $250 for kids between six and 17 for an entire year. There's an extended unemployment benefits, $45 billion in rental, utility, and mortgage assistance, $30 billion for transit agencies, billions for small businesses and live venues. Hey. Stand of comedy. By the way, I think that partly was Chuck Schumer who who really um, fought for that kind of for stimulus. live venues mm -hmm. for theaters. Uh, that was okay. a part of. But I mean, look, he he's, represents New York. That's a huge part of New York. That's so um, don't give him immense credit. But by the way, just you know, twenty twenty one Chuck Schumer 
not been too bad. The pushing of Biden on student debt, you yeah. know, a little bit of credit for him, for sure. A little bit, a little bit of credit and, when and you've he, got AOC he nipping at his together. heels. And he kept the caucus together for the, yeah, exactly. Well, she should wait until the day before the filing deadline to say, I'm not going to do it. Just to like push him <laughs> as far left as you can the day before the deadline. Absolutely. Um, Obviously, uh, you know, I was going to play a thought of Bernie saying, you know, this is one of the most historic pieces of legislation for working people. Um, it is huge. I mean, there's estimates that it would reduce, especially because of those child tax credits, reduce child poverty by half and even more so in the black community. So it's big. Yes, there were bad things. Concessions. Uh, $15 minimum wage got left out uh, despite Bernie's attempts. $400 of extended unemployment benefits turned to $300 and is shortened to just the beginning of September. And then, of course, the uh, threshold or the bar you have to meet for getting uh, a check is now $75,000. Under Trump, it was $100,000. They were going to do 80. Uh, but basically, they did it. It's not bad. Overall thoughts, just Thoughts, uh, Emma, on on this historic legislation, the fact that there's a T after 1.9. Yeah. So I have a lot of complicated thoughts that, you know, I think there's a cottage industry on the left right now where we're on the left, Jimmy Dore, where you can just express outrage about everything and nothing sufficient. And this is how dare you. I'm sorry for bringing him up on the show. <laughs> Dimmy Jor. I Debate me. Think you're a hack <laughs> and bad for the world. Anyway, so uh, uh, <laughs> like there's a cottage industry on the left where as long as you express enough vitriolic emotion about what the Democratic Party is doing, okay, you'll always have an audience because nothing will be sufficient. But mm -hmm. a lot of reporters... Like Zach Carter, for example, is a great reporter from HuffPost. And he made this point on Twitter the other day. Look at the Democratic Party four years ago with what they're proposing now. Okay, fine. That's too short of a timeline. Look at the Democratic Party 12 years ago with what's happening right now, with what was happening under the first term of Obama, when um, he had a lot more Democrats at his disposal in the Senate to actually make legislation happen and make things more progressive. And they were terrified of that T, as you said, Francesca, mm -hmm. the T number, the trillion dollar number. Now, okay, they didn't want to go over 2 trillion. Basically, that seemed to be kind of Biden's threshold and the democratic orthodoxy. But still, this was a really good bill. And yeah, he marketed the checks in this really sleazy, weaselly way that I think could bite Democrats if in the long run. But at the same time, 87% of families, something like that, of kids of uh, uh, who have two kids and two parents are going to be getting over $5,000 Yep, in, in the mail. Whoa. Yep. $1,400 checks going out to, to a, a millions and millions of Americans. Oh, you know, what is it? The numbers over 250 million Americans, something like that. Yeah. Um, or over 200 uh, million Americans. Again, it's like 10, uh, 10 p.m. for me, so I'm getting my numbers fuzzy. And uh, uh, yeah, no, it is around it, that. Yeah, the red wine. Uh, obviously. Uh, so, so something ar around that. That's 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 really significant. And the extension of unemployment through August September it is is key as well. So this is a good to very good bill in terms of what we're 
measuring it up against it with the Democratic Party. Now, we've been so focused on, sorry, just quickly, we've been so focused on what it's not including that we haven't really talked honestly about what it is including. <laughs> and I can and I can fall into that trap too. And and what Sam does really well for me on the show is he, you know, he just ran through it the other day and 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 highlighted all of the great things that it does. And so there is a key difference in what party is running this country right now, even if the Democratic Party is as weak and feckless as it is and is, you know, completely lacking in gumption and everything that we care about. There's a substantive difference, especially when you look at what the moderate Republicans like Susan Collins were proposing on the other side. There's a reason that there were zero Republican votes on this bill. Zero mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. House and in the Senate it was because they were never going to get anything close to this. And the good thing politically is that Democrats like Biden, even though he's way more conservative than a lot of the base and a lot of the current Democratic electorate, or I should say elected officials, um, he learned the lesson that, okay, even if I don't, I think this is too much from a number standpoint, artificially, our um, electoral butts are on the line if we don't pass something big because yeah. the, the recovery under Obama was way too slow because they listened to the wrong people. And so I'm glad that they at least learned one lesson yes. from losing. Stop inheriting these fucking and like the dumpster fires that Bush and Trump have left you and going halfway on that shit. You will get slaughtered later. You can't go halfway. They're leaving you debts. They're leaving you wars. They're leaving you bullshit. Yes, you're full of bullshit too, but don't underestimate what you've been left with and you're going to be stuck holding the bill for all this. So you're absolutely right. To 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 have something this bold is really important. Um, the, the, NATO. The, I mean, the other highlights of the bill to me, $350 billion for for cities and states, $170 billion for schools and $100 billion for public health. So for me, Emma, when I'm not mouthing off on here, I'm also a union organizer and I work with a, a public sector union that mostly represents local government workers. And this is going to change. This legislation will change my members lives this week, literally like, you know, in public transit agencies where, you know, ridership is down because of because of covid or public school districts that are trying to figure out how to upgrade their ventilation from like 1940s, you know, asbestos filtration systems to be yeah. able to reopen safely. Like this is a, an immediate lifeline um, that's it means stopping layoffs. It means stopping pay cuts for low wage workers of color in the public sector like like this week. So. Uh, yeah. you know, I, and I just feel like, like you're, I totally agree with you. There's a, there's a strain among progressives and people on the left. Like, you know, this is a, a classic NATO green joke. We would rather protest losing than win. Um, the, you know, people <laughs> like people who, you know, like were more committed to Joe Biden and the Democrats validating their priors that Democrats are sellouts than seeing that the details of this bill is actually is not it's not because, you know, Joe Biden suddenly became a virtuous person. It's because of the organizing that people have done in the last four years to push the Democratic Party and to change the politics of the country. Um you know, and, and because of what one man did too, Bernie Sanders. I mean, I, I said this in his 2016 run and in his 2020 run when he didn't eventually win. And so I didn't mean to cut you off, NATO, but just to make this point, uh, like I'm a white guy, I don't mind being interrupted. Yeah, yeah, right. obviously. Well, I mean, I'll bounce you, back. <laughs> you actually have to, you have to take it. 
because yeah. of, it's, it's yeah. reparations. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So um, Bernie Sanders. I'm not going to forget my train of thought. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I almost did. Uh, Bernie Sanders shifted the Overton window in such a way and the organizers that work with him, obviously. But like, this is what people don't get about campaigns, too, is that what's so important about campaigns and what they do is that they create an infrastructure and they move people and move the conversation in a different way, which is why Amy McGrath's run in Kentucky was such an outrage. If you had Charles Booker, you could have had a situation like Yes. What happened with Stacey Abrams in Georgia, where she didn't yes. win, which was, you know, it was like, she was probably cheated out of it. But what she set up there was, oh, wait, we can win in this state. A lot of yeah. people thought that. And then the organizing infrastructure and then the, the, the volunteers and the people and everything's in place. And so it, it works it on an ideological bit- level and an electoral level as well. Yeah, and it goes a little bit to what we're talking about in terms of cinema, who, if y'all didn't know, I'm sure everyone who listens to the podcast and watches this um, knows that she was one of the eight senators, Democratic senators, to vote down an amendment to add $15 uh, minimum wage raise to the bill. And she sort of curtsied when she did it. But, you know, people are rightfully talking about senators that were hugely supported by the DCCC as like, oh, cinema, Kristen Cinema is going to be great. This is a this is a huge turn. And, you know, you're talking about Amy McGrath and picking the wrong horse, like Kristen Cinema, like turning on, I don't know who the hell she was elected to be, but she's not turning out that way. And um, yeah, so I mean, I think that it it goes to that too. And, and I guess the, my question is, there was a man who stalled these poor septuagenarian senators late into the evening, um, which is Joe Manchin, right? Manchin basically held up negotiations for hours because he wanted to lower the amount of money and the extension of unemployment benefits. There's a question of, well, can't progressives do that? Why can't progressives hold everything up in the same way? You know, why can't a Warren or a Sanders hold everything up in the same way that Manchin does? What, what, what are your thoughts on that line of thinking, Emma? Well, the issue is, is that Warren and Sanders aren't going to say, okay, I'm changing parties. I mean, that's a real fear for cinema and Lieb. I mean, I was about to say Lieberman and Manchin. (laughs) I'm about to bring up Lieberman, though, because there is a real silver lining about Joe Manchin. And again, I keep mentioning Sam because I talked to him. He is a silver back Right. He's he's a zaddy, as they say. But um, no, he's not. I'm joking. Who, Sam or Mansion? Mansion, Mansion. Jesus, no. Oh, oh. um, the uh, I thought we were talking about Mansion there. Anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> the uh, the the silver lining about about Joe Mansion is that he's one not as smart as Joe Lieberman, who was the centrist that held everything up for the Democrats during the Obama era, the first you know, the, right. during the health care fight, right? So he's not as smart as him, let's be real. He's not as good as po- at politics uh, and not as Machiavellian as Joe Lieberman was. But the key is that Manchin is not beholden to the very well-financed industries that are so terrified that Lieberman was. So Manchin, yeah, he's beholden to coal, but it's mm-hmm. more of a personal branding exercise for him. It's right. more of I'm going to buck this party orthodoxy and I'm going to buck this party orthodoxy. I'm like, it's kind of the Maverick thing, but it's a West Virginia version of it. And that's a lot more malleable 
than what Lieberman was operating in, which is, okay, I'm going to be a firewall for mm. Wall Street and for the insurance industry in the healthcare debate. So then there was no negotiating with that guy. That was it was done. And he got a lot of Democratic senators to whip along with him, right? Joe Manchin, what you can do is, all right, we'll throw Neera Tandon out there as chum. You can you can vote against her and kill her nomination and then go back to your constituents and say, oh, look at me. I voted right. against this Biden nominee, right? So it's a lot easier to work with a guy Killing like the Neera Tandon knob is a big relief for people with black lung. Yeah. <laughs> well, totally agree. It's so dumb. And Manchin's, but like, this is this is his very specific brand that he wants to protect and it's not ideological it's just about you know i'm a democrat that can get elected in west virginia and the reason is is because i stand up to the democrats and i stand up to the republicans and it's very very easy to manipulate that in whatever way is convenient for the current moment that doesn't hurt him long term and the the i mean the thing of the it's like what frustrates me sometimes about the left is is there's some amount of like Groundhog's Day of indi- of indignation. Like it's like we didn't just discover this week that Joe Manchin was an asshole and was going to be a problem. Like he's been, he's done been a problem for quite some time, and like there was a progressive challenger in the in the last primary and she lost. You know, and she lost you know because she didn't have enough power and a big enough base and was, you know what what whatever. Like it's not fair. It sucks. It's disappointing, but. The lesson should be like not how do we hope that Joe Manchin becomes a virtuous person that he's not that he's not going to be, but how yeah. do we build the power to be able to win elections in West Virginia and Arizona and or Montana? make him mood or make yeah. him mood in my view because he's yeah. not the right person to primary. I'll like go out on a limb here because a, a Democrat winning there is really hard, and he's like weirdly captured this kind of one sure. niche area. The, the ones you got to primary are like Mark Warner. Like Mark yeah. Warner behind the scenes. I love is, how you whispered is, that. Is he listening to the Pituation Room on Twitch? He is scary <laughs> because he's he's a Lieberman-esque figure in that. It's he's all a, about... He's a Democrat. He's a Republican. No, he's a Democrat. He's a Democrat from Virginia. And he is beholden to the insurance age, uh, industry to to all of these moneyed interests. I believe he might be one of the Democrats that gets Chamber of Commerce donations, but I, I may not be sure. He just I don't does- have him on the list as voting against the $15 minimum wage. Ah, that's true. Okay, maybe... Uh, Tom Carper, Chris Coons, Maggie Hassan. Okay, uh, but then Angus this brings King. me back to my point. This brings yes. me back to my biggest point, which I made on the show. It's not a popular point. Bernie's, Bernie's idea was not smart stripping the $15 minimum wage out of the bill and then making it vote and voting on it as an amendment. He knew it wasn't going to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, this was all about, you know, you shaming he forced the vote. Right. Well, yes, this is why <laughs> both of those ideas are stupid. Yes. He stripped it out. The only two that were really threatening to tank the stimulus package because the minimum wage was included were cinema and mansion. I guarantee you they still would have voted for it if the $15 minimum wage was in. How do I know that? Because they both were saying they were against stimulus checks until they weren't, until uh, Kamala Harris went on TV and pressured them, and then they acquiesced, and then they voted for it. I do believe if the White House wanted to make it happen, they would have made it happen. All Bernie did was strip it out of the stimulus package 
and then allowed the two senators from Biden's home state, among other people, like Tester and uh, Maggie Hassan and all the other hateful eight that voted for this, right, to provide cover for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the White House to say, look at this threshold, this eight vote threshold. We were never going to be able to 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 surmount this. Right. We were never yeah. going to be able to go yeah. over this in yeah. the stimulus package. When that was artificial, you go back and you look at these other senators. They all support a $15 minimum wage outside of cinema and mansion. Right. So this made the the it look like a Herculean task for Biden that he couldn't possibly he couldn't possibly overcome. And so my point is, is that I understand why Bernie is such a wonderful person and advocate for this issue, but it really gave the White House cover when the real villains in this story is number one, Joe Biden and the White House. And then of course, two, Kamala Harris. I mean, I'm sorry, cinema and mansion. That's where all of this effort should be um, directed towards because so I don't, think I that don't. Some of these senators voted against it to kind of like pad up the resistance to 100%. the amendment. I, okay. I, I very much believe that. And I think there's it, that it, it, that the evidence is that uh, the Carper and Coons, the two senators from Delaware who want to be Joe Biden and Absolutely. want to suck up to Joe, want to suck up to Joe Biden um, voted against it. Even though they've come out in favor of a $15 minimum wage. In, they've in- wanted to wait, raise the wage before, but like this makes it seem like there were way more senators who were going to sink the stimulus package than there actually were and makes it seem sure. like, oh, we couldn't do this in time. When in my view, it was very doable if you had a stronger presence in the White House. Well, so I, I saw something where Cinema was saying like that she still supports the $15 hour minimum wage, but thinks it should be a standalone bill and not not sort of shoehorned into this other thing through reconciliation. But then her and Manchin are also not supporting like ending the filibuster. So... It's like I think that they that they want you know I I wonder like if they really want to you know it's if if someone moved a standalone fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage which is hugely popular and a huge economic benefit uh, if they would like support ending the filibuster or something to to overcome that or if they just want to be able to say well we voted for it but we couldn't overcome the filibuster so there it is and I mean I think that's cinema one hundred percent that's her posturing but again like. It's it's you're looking at it, NATO, from a logical, okay, what do you support perspective? Again, these people, that's like the whole thing, right? <laughs> it's a personal branding exercise. I'm sorry for, her. for the podcast listeners. Emma just acted out the cinema sassy thumbs down maneuver. Yes, I did. You might have to double watch on YouTube just to or on Twitch just to, to, to fully. When I first saw that video, it. I assumed that it was a video of something else that like 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 a like a sketch from you know from like that movie election with Reese Witherspoon or something yeah. just that, that someone had repurposed for this. Like I could not believe that it was actually a Senator behaving that way. And then I like, there's something wrong with her. No, I'm well, saying. And I, so of course, Pick a midlife n- crisis, try crochet. Naturally. I went down a cinema rabbit hole, sadly. And you know, she got her start in politics on the Nader campaign yep. in 2000, which makes her the argument against your point, Emma, the, about the transformative power of campaigns. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because that didn't work. She just turned it. No, she but, was like, a, I, she's just a th- fucking opportunist. 
Yeah, oh, well, yeah, a- I mean, she was a Green Party person. That says all you need to know about the Green Party, in my view. But damn, Emma, Emma coming on, fuck, burning dude, down Emma the Green Party come- and Jimmy Dore in one Emma, Emma's got to come on more often. Uh, just, I met uh, Jill Stein many a time. She seems like a lovely person and would be a wonderful college professor. Yeah, she Absolutely. qualified to be commander in chief of the kale stand at the farmers market. She, she would be a great college exactly professor. Right. I mean, again, uh, it's like. It, it, sorry, go on, Francesca. I don't mean to take over your show. Oh, no, oh, no that's totally fine. I mean, th- this is – it is interesting because there's a great article in The Intercept about about cinema and how essentially, like, Washington corrupts. Washington corrupts and and she's been very much corrupted. And also she's got that same BS maverick, like, I don't know what I stand for, but I want – there are literal like we think Twitter trolls are contrarian and people like we don't like on Twitter. Imagine the contrarian motherfuckers in Congress. Like, why? Who are you doing this for? Like, clearly no one. <laughs> well, I mean, and they get elected to feed their ego trips. So it's probably 400 yeah. times worse. Can I Absolutely. can I just can I read a cinema quote real quick? Yeah. So Please. I was I was I was reading her Wikipedia page. There's a quote. In 2006, Cinema was asked about the new feminism and responded, quote, these women who act like staying at home, leeching off their husbands or boyfriends and just cashing the checks is some sort of feminism because they're choosing to live that life. That's bullshit. I mean, what the fuck are we really talking about here? And, Sounds like you she know, has a lot of empathy, by the way. You know, you feminism, guys, is, feminism is about choosing what you want to do with your life as opposed to, you know, projecting and, onto other people. And what the fuck are we talking about here, you guys? Is really the question I want to ask. <laughs> in the in in the annals of great political oration, right up there with "Ask not what, you, what your country could do for you," <laughs> and four score and she's, seven years ago, she's saying feminists want to stay home and leech off their husbands. Is that what it was? Because they chose to do that with their life. And what the fuck are we really talking about here? If I mean, only, oh my God, I would have fucking married Rich so many times. I Like th- at least four times by now, at least. Emma Vigland, always so good to first time have you on the show and <laughs> so good to talk to you. You're the best. Thank you for breaking this down for us. Um, I, I am... Yes, I, I want to talk so much more about this. But we have one final mini segment. Will you stay on to just give your very quick opinion about what Republicans are going to get triggered over next? We're looking at the next front in the culture war. Drop the bit. First, they came for Mr. Potato Head, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a potato head. Next, they came for dr seuss and i didn't speak up because i thought the lorax was a socialist (laughs) and now what are they gonna come for what are they kind of come for next Uh, what's what's the right's newest front in getting triggered by like tv shows from the 50s (laughs) the next front of the culture war is pour over coffee the right wing is gonna say oh you woke libtards want to just pour over and drink your artisanal Small batch, fair trade coffee, black. Take the white creamy parts out of the coffee. It's white genocide of coffee. We need to go back to vente lattes. Yeah. I mean, the I'm the next the next culture war is snow sports, skiing. It's way too white. The flakes on the ground, the flakes in the air, very white. 
time to just rake your skis over dirt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very, uh, yeah, stop treading on the white man or white snow. Right, uh, right. Dirt skiing. Yeah, agreed. It's like dirt biking. Yeah, that was the best change. I could do on the fly right there. Dude, I like that. Oh, look, um, Nato's a comedian, and you're, you know, a comedian, I think. You're hilarious as hell. So, look, I'm, out, I'm outmatched. I do, I do some comedy. Um, no, you don't have to be funny. This because because all of first of all, we realize we're living inside of their joke, right? Like none of this is serious, and everything is just played for a joke. Um, that is what the Dr. Seuss discussion and the Mr. Potato Head discussion. Of, I'm gonna say, look. So apparently, Barbie came out as bi pretty recently, and she's got a girlfriend who number one looks like me. <laughs> Not to brag, we fuck. Um, but. They're going to come after Ken. That's what I think. I think they're going to defend Ken. Whatever happened to Ken, um, he's like the third wheel and gets left out. Um, Ken's going to be like the new Proud Boys alpha male archetype, like, you know, whatever. What, I don't even know her name. Like, Barbie's girlfriend will not replace us or whatever. Francesca will not replace us. Yes. Well, I mean, you should volunteer your namesake for that very purpose. I should. I'd be like, listen, y'all. We all know this is me. Yeah. Stop it. I should sue. I should straight sue. You should sue. You could probably get some money out of that. We all know that leftist media folk need money. <laughs> are, so, so are we saying that it's that, that they're coming out with Katie Hill revenge porn Barbie? Is that the new line? <laughs> <laughs> that would Absolutely. be very appropriate. Yes. Yeah. No, they're going to defend Ken. There's going to be like another thing. They're, like, yeah. So Ken skiing over dirt and drip uh, pour over coffee. I love it. I think we'll see if we're right. You guys, uh, some people in the comments, Mr. Rogers, WandaVision, Bluto from Popeye for sure. Yeah. Uh, Bluto, the embodiment him. of toxic masculinity, obviously. Blue. Mr. Rogers, a gentrifier. Yeah. WandaVision, mm -hmm. obviously a story about how people have okay vision. To how it's okay to enslave people if you're a white lady who's sad. I don't watch that show, and uh, thanks for the spoiler <laughs> alert. Sure. <No. laughs> white people who are sad. You just said you liked Mad Men before we started. <laughs> well, I am a sad white person, so I get to pick <laughs> what kind, how my sadness is portrayed. Then you will see yourself in WandaVision if you're a no, sad okay. white lady. No, that is next up. That's next up for me. Uh, after I finish watching Mad Men for the second time. Emma Vigland, so good to see you. Thank you for being here, everybody. Follow Emma on Twitter at Emma Vigland, I believe. And yes. watch her every single day on the Majority Report. She crushes it so good. Has been just like easing into that role like an old glove. And Great to meet you. Tell Sam I'll see him at the Jew meeting. Oh, I will. I will. Um, obviously, hosted by George Soros. Thank you so much, Nino and Francesca. You know, uh, love always chatting with you. You're the best. Appreciate it. Oh, my God. Likewise. Be very well. Get some good rest. Nato Green, here we are. Um, I was going to suggest that after we read some comments, we do an extra, I don't know, 20, 15 sure. on uh, – on the old on on the old Patreon, guys. I'm gonna do this to you right now. Um, so we had two stories uh, that we didn't get to, which were about Venezuela, and then also about cuttlefish. And mm -hmm. if you want, I'm gonna restart a stream in a little bit, available to patrons. 
patreon.com slash bituation room. Uh, give a buck, man, and join us. And uh, I think I'll be able to do that. I think I'll figure out the technology to do that for like 20 minutes. Um, but just a couple comments. Um, Brody Man Hennessy, Kimberly McNaught, any chance NATO could come to Australia to help organize our unemployed workers union? Yes. Uh, I'm available for remote consults. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, I mean, it, one one of the weird things about being a being visible as a comedian slash union organizer on comedy podcasts is that I get people in my DMs asking organizing advice, like, like, really? hey, I'm on a, you know, I'm I'm getting evicted in Washington D.C. What do I do? Hey, I'm a non-union hotel worker. What do I do? Hey, I'm a, you know, I'm a like, I got an interesting question from someone on a like a scientific expeditionary vessel somewhere who wanted to organize a nautical union. Uh, and and often I can help and have suggestions. <laughs> sorry, sorry. And, whoa, 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 And can be like, oh, here's a an article. Like, like like life aquatic type shit is was it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those people need a union, sure. So so feel free to DM me your organizing questions, and I will endeavor to answer them or steer you to correct to the necessary resources. I like this as a segment, like organizing question. Like if you yeah. come on, we can do like a moment where you answer right. an organizing this, question. Yeah. Dear NATO. Dear NATO, how do you organize a blah blah blah? And then. I let's do that, I, dude. Yeah, I'm feeling true. that. I'm feeling yeah. that. Okay. We sort we sort of did a bit of that when we, with, in the, our episode with Jane McAlevey. That's right. We did. That's a live episode. You can listen to uh, wherever you get your podcast. Nato Green, thank you so much uh, for being here. I'll I'll see you in like five minutes, and we'll do we'll do 15 more minutes talk about right. Venezuela, guys. Get over to Patreon.com, but Patreon.com slash Bituation Room. There'll be a link there, I think, and I'll figure out how to do it. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe. And hey, if you can't become a patron, if you don't have the funds, I understand. Um, if you've got kids, you got no excuse because you you just got a lot richer with this stimulus. So give me some of the stimulus. Um, and thank you so much to, uh, oh, what I was going to say was you can rate the podcast, give it five stars. And that's like, that's as good as money. Um, so thanks so much for those those reviews and thanks so much to Becca Roof, our producer, to Kelly Carey, Dorsey Shaw and Ellie Hoffman, newest member of TBR on the other side of Twitter over there. And uh, remember, guys, uh, don't just bitch about it. Be about it. Fight the patriarchy. Fuck, fuck, fuck the power. No, fight the power. Fuck the patriarchy. And uh, fuck this guy. And I will eat them here and there. Say, I'll eat them anywhere. I do so like green eggs and ham. Thank you, thank you, Sam I am. Enjoy your day. You've ruined it, Kevin McCarthy. Why the fuck are you reading Dr. Seuss? You stupid ape in a suit. That's right. I said it. <laughs>